0: As humans, we often struggle with context when it comes to our faith and regularly fail to apply the Word of God in our daily lives. Veritas podcast is a weekly Bible study led by Rev. C.B. Samuel and through it, we try to understand and locate the roles we are called to play in the world we live in by delving into the teachings of the Holy Bible. We welcome you to join us in learning more from the Word of God and in learning how to live out meaningful lives as Christians. Good evening, this is study three on the Gospel of Mark. And we are looking at Jesus as Mark portrayed him. And uh, we're going to look at the chapters beginning with chapter one. And let me see, and maybe I'll try and finish up to chapter three. Uh, because, as I said earlier, Jesus' ministry was largely in Galilee. That's where he spent most of his time. And at a certain point, he begins to move towards Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus' ministry, as we found reported, uh, began with the announcement in Galilee that the kingdom of God has come, repent and believe the good news. And if you remember, in our first two studies, we looked at the beginnings of the Gospel of Mark as also the Announcement that it is the good news about the Messiah. So we're looking at Mark's perspective that Jesus was the Messiah that the people were looking forward to. A Messiah who was fulfillment of God's word. And John the Baptist came before preparing a way for the Messiah in the wilderness. That's where he was calling people to repent. And in our last study, what we looked at is the emphasis on repent. Repent. And I believe, as I said last time, it's a very important part of understanding the followership of uh, our following of Jesus. It's very clear that it begins and continues with an attitude of repentance. Because we are part of a world which is hostile to God and a world which is preoccupied with self-interest, and especially a world which walks according to the prince of disobedience. That is the phrase that the New Testament uses for Satan. And so, generally, the world is in rebellion. And being part of that world, even though we desire many times for things to be different, uh, we generally are part of the problem. We have particular ways of deciding and uh, the world caters to that particular desires of ours. It is John in his uh, epistle who so perfectly communicates what is in the world. Let me read that verse to you. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 and up to 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires will pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever a very good portrait about what is in the world all that is in the world John writes, the scripture says, Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The world is shaped by these selfish lusts, as it says, and the pride of life, the desire the, the pride in achievement. And it says all that comes not from God, but comes from the world and the world is in rebellion to God. So when we come to God, it's not so much uh, we come to Him because of some help that we need, yes we do, but where it becomes a transformational encounter is with a start of repentance, where we realize that by our way of upbringing, We have reduced everything to our selfish interest, including religion. We may come to God from a religious background, you know, doing all the right things, but purely out of self interest. Paul was like that. And when he came to God, he said, I counted all that rubbish. Because he suddenly realized all that he had of who he was in the past, which he took great pride in, was actually rubbish because that was a no-start issue. When Most of the things which he had invested his life in. And so we start with repentance. And this relationship with God becomes more and more a relationship we enjoy God's presence as much as we constantly recognize that there is a battle in us in which our sinful nature continues to uh, direct our path and we have to constantly repent and say, "Woe is me! How, a, what a wicked person I am!" And learn to put off our old self, and which is very subtle. You know, the Bible says the heart is very subtle. You know, it is very deceptive, and so sometimes we can even act as though we're doing good, but we may be doing it out of self-interest. So we have to constantly examine ourselves in the presence of God and repentance becomes very much a part of life which leads us to the next level. That's what we saw last time. So I want to look at the verses starting with verse 16 of chapter 1 and it's largely uh, Jesus's ministry in Galilee and uh, it goes on and there are certain important characteristics that we notice in this particular ministry of Jesus. And I want to look at uh, three or maybe four important things that Jesus did that we find that, uh, you know, were were the activities that God had sent him into the world for. And he did it very faithfully. First, it says Jesus proclaimed the good news wherever he went. Of course, he started with the whole message of uh, repentance. And in verse 14 of chapter 1, it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And you'll find this very often. Jesus constantly saying that he went around proclaiming the good news. He went around announcing, you know, in chapter 1, later on, Jesus went out to pray. It says... And in verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby village, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out the demons." And it's constantly repeated over and over again that Jesus went proclaiming from one place to another. And I would say that that was a very central piece in Jesus' ministry. And when we look today and many times we ask, what would Jesus do? I think we forget that one of the things that Jesus did very faithfully is to proclaim the good news. You and I are in this world as the announcers of the good news. You know, we cannot get away from that. In following Jesus, we begin to understand that we have a role. And when we look at the early church, it's very clear, even when they were persecuted, wherever they went, they proclaimed this good news. For instance, in Acts chapter 11... Uh, You know, Acts chapter 11, it says in verse uh, 19, Now those who had been scattered by persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, it says they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Sorry, verse 19, spreading the word. You know, they went wherever they went, they preached the gospel of Christ. They preach the gospel of Christ. And I think it is the same kind of thing when we find earlier when Philip went. I think it is in chapter 8. It says that uh, in verse 4, they, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And uh, I believe that even though we may be in lockdown, we need to look for opportunities to communicate the word of God. And so, of course, sometimes you feel like saying, but I'm not called to evangelize or I'm not called to do this. I am by nature an an introvert. Those are just excuses. Those are just excuses. I have come to realize there are no introverts in the world when someone has experienced something good. You know... I, mean, I remember years ago, I had to go in for an angiogram. And uh, you know that's the first time I heard that word also. But anyway, the doctor asked me to do an angiogram, get an angiogram done to check out my heart. And uh, when I came home after the next day, after the angiogram, quite a few people came to see me because they heard that I had gone through angiogram. But uh, there were some who had gone through the angiogram earlier and they you know they may be introverts but when they saw that i had gone through they came to see me basically to encourage me to say what they took care of or how they took care of themselves and what i should do what i shouldn't do and you would have found that you know you may meet somebody who's such an introvert doesn't talk at all but when they meet someone else even if they don't know the person if somebody tells them that they've been struggling with a headache and if this person has had an experience where some medicine or something has worked for them they are quick to share a remedy for them and I have never seen an introvert when it comes to, when it comes to sharing a cure with someone else and the whole issue is when it comes to the good news of the gospel which is much more than all the other good news we talk about we suddenly find cover under the fact that we are introverts. You know, that's not my calling. You know, it is not your calling as you think it uh, when you use the word calling. But if you have experienced the good news and we live in a world where there is a cry for the good news, you cannot but be looking for ways to communicate. And so Jesus very clearly went around So in the first part of his journey in Galilee, that was one of the things he did. He went from village to village. He chose, as it said here, he must go. He said to Simon Peter, he said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages. And that's very clear that he lived in a, not in a big city, he lived in a place where either the place was a village or was a big village. Or was the town next to many villages? And so Jesus went around. You don't find Jesus sitting, you know, in one place. He went around. He went from place to place proclaiming the good news. Because he was given the task of, he says, I have come for that purpose. I have come. That is why I have come. And I believe the Church of Jesus Christ, all of us who are listening to this Bible study, are those who have been called to proclaim. And you may not know how to do it, but it's good to pray and say, God, teach me, especially in this lockdown time. How can I communicate? Is there somebody to whom I can be the one who is the messenger of the good news? So that's the first thing that we notice about Jesus, that he went around proclaiming. The second important thing that we need to read in this passage, it says in verse... uh, 16 is that very early in his ministry as he started as he walked beside the sea of Galilee he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen and what Jesus did was it says he called them and said follow me and that's another important thing that Jesus did Jesus proclaimed the good news and the second thing he did was he entrusted in people selected people whom he discipled. And that is another important part of Jesus' ministry. Something that we have lost out over the years. We have been so preoccupied with so many activities, we have not shaped anybody. And I think this is a good time to ask ourselves, you know, who am I shaping? Who am I discipling? This was something that was very natural in the early church. It doesn't matter how busy you were. People like Paul, it's easy to name the people who Paul discipled. You know, Timothy, Silas, a whole lot of people. Peter discipling people, Barnabas discipling Mark. And that was the culture of the early church. They discipled people. And some of you who are listening to this Bible study have been believers for many years. But I want to ask you, how many people are you investing in? You would have invested perhaps, but if you not, I think it's high time you revisit your life to ask God, who am I discipling? Discipling is, discipling is an intentional activity of shaping people to fulfill God's purpose in their life. And I believe that's a very important aspect. So when we look at Jesus' ministry right from day one, he had a group of people who he increased, maybe from two, in the beginning it was Peter and Andrew and James and John, and slowly he recruited people. And then he invested his time in teaching them, in, in discipling them, changing their worldview. And a very important aspect. And I don't know how many of you can name people who have discipled you Perhaps you can name people who influenced you. You can name people who impressed you. You can name people who you would say, you know, they are my heroes. Well, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking about someone who intentionally invested in your life to shape your thinking and to allow you to meet God's purpose for yourself. A very important area. So that's the second thing that Jesus did. The third important thing Jesus did was demonstrated the kingdom of God's presence. And one main area through which he did it was the miracles he performed when he, did, when he exercised demons from people, when he healed people. And not just healing ministries, but even ministries where he rebuked the storm or when he fed 5,000 people. These were all pointers or signs that the kingdom had come, which I call the demonstration of the kingdom's presence. Yes, he did a lot of good deeds. In fact, it is said about Jesus in the book of Acts, a man who did good deeds. And these were all counted as signs that he was the one who was the Messiah and the demonstration of the kingdom of God. And I believe the second, the third important area of Jesus' ministry as we look travel with him in Galilee is the number of times he did these things. Of course, as he began to move from Galilee to Jerusalem, these reduced, or at least the reporting of it, is not as much as it happened in Galilee. But the important thing is that, the third important thing of Jesus' ministry is the demonstration of the presence of the kingdom of God. And the early church was like that. They not only proclaimed the good news, but they also demonstrated the good news. And I believe the Church of Jesus Christ has not done it adequately. Of course, we have done it according, sometimes unfortunately, according to the funds that are available to us. But most of the time, we have not actually acted to demonstrate that we are the kingdom people and the kingdom has been inaugurated in us. A third important area of Jesus' ministry. A fourth important area of Jesus' ministry was the fact of his teaching. Jesus went around teaching people. Not only did he proclaim the good news, but he taught. He taught them about how the kingdom of God looks like. How the kingdom of God is fulfilled. A lot of teaching. Of course, Mark doesn't have much of the teaching as much as Matthew, Mark and Luke and John has. But Jesus definitely taught. And we have, in, even in Mark's gospel, you know, certain uh, references to his teaching. And I think it is very important to know that we invest our life in actually going beyond proclamation to actually communicate to the people the lifestyle of the kingdom of God, the character of the kingdom of God. And I believe that is a third, a fourth important area of what Jesus did. Now the fifth important area of Jesus' ministry is the constant confrontation Jesus had with those who were in position of leadership because he clearly believed and he showed it that their way of understanding God was totally different from the God who is the God of this universe. And he communicated and confronted them about their wrong interpretation of their scripture, about their way of doing things which was hypocritical. And I believe these were five important things that you find in Jesus' ministry. I want to stop now because in the next few studies, I want to take each one of them and ask the question, What How does proclamation look like? What does it mean to disciple people? What does it mean to demonstrate the kingdom of God? How do we as followers of Jesus be involved in the world, in teaching the world about the kingdom of God? Much of Jesus' teaching was for the public people. He spoke, he taught, and they were in awe when he taught. They were astonished. And the fifth thing is that his constant confrontation with the powers that were about their understanding of God and the way they function. Five important areas. So I want to leave it here and the next time we meet we will expand on each one of them. But this is primarily what Jesus did. So when we look at Jesus' ministry we find him doing these five important things. And very often we will find that Jesus is portrayed as somebody who in the midst of all these things that he did, always found strength in God. Right at the beginning of his ministry, the Holy Spirit had come upon him. Very often you will find that he went off to a solitary place to pray. These are the places where Jesus was directed and strengthened by God's power in him. So all these things which we are called to do, we are only able to do it because of the presence of God and the power of God working through us by His Spirit. So let me stop now, and let me pray with you. This is basically what Jesus did, and we are going to look at the next few chapters, still chapter 8, and look at these four, five areas of being like Jesus. That's what Mark portrayed. Mark portrayed Jesus who was active, and who was in the world as the one who was the Messiah, and this is what he did. And we as a people, the messianic people, we are called to do nothing different. We are basically called to proclaim the good news, to demonstrate the kingdom is God, kingdom of God is here, through invest in the lives of people, influencing them, to teach the kingdom of God in public, and fifthly to confront the structures and people who misinterpret God and his working in the world. So let me pray with you as I close. Our Father, we thank you again that we can look, we have the privilege of looking at your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you have given to us to guide us. And even as we have seen, oh God, this great explanation that Mark gives us as he opens up the life of Jesus to us. Help us, oh God, to be so much stuck in awe with Jesus, who came into the world to announce the good news of the kingdom of God, to teach people about the kingdom, to proclaim the kingdom, to demonstrate the kingdom, and to recruit people into the kingdom of God and shape them to be kingdom people, and God to confront those who claimed to be the people who knew God and who were doing things which violated your concerns. Teach us to be your people, O God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking time out and being a part of this Bible study. Veritas Podcast is a podcast run by students and we upload every week on Wednesdays. If you find our content engaging and wish to know more, kindly subscribe to our podcast channel. Thank you for listening and we hope that you are blessed by this initiative.